0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, along with my co-host, Justin Lada. We are going to get into playoff hitters today after our focus on the pitching. We're going to talk about the game today. We also know who the Guardians are facing in the postseason, all on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. And before we get into it, I want to take a moment and say today's show of Lockdown Guardians is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with fast protection technology exclusively from Simply Safe. Twenty-four-seven monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police res- presence. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafecom MLB to learn more. Hey Justin, uh, it feels like a—I don't know if I want to say a hot button day. We've definitely seen some uh, scorching hot takes today, but before we get into all of those takes, how are you feeling? Uh, You were at today's game, right?
1: Yeah, I was up there. It was uh, a friends and family type game. Uh, There was a decent crowd, actually, but uh, yeah, it's been quite the day for two games before the season, the penultimate game. It's certainly been an interesting day.
0: Now... We, I, so I want everyone to know, yes, there is a freeze in there. You don't have to tell me in the comments. It happens sometimes. Technology isn't our friend. Uh, Justin can still talk. So we'll just address that right now if you're watching. Yes, I know the screen is frozen. Well, Before, I'm here. <laughs> before we get into the game, should we just talk about we know the Guardians are going to face the Rays in the dual ridiculous things that happened to get that to occur, that official. Because uh, you're the one who pointed out both events to me. Uh, between the weather and the catcher why don't I let you uh, lead with those because uh, I think it's maybe one of the weirdest ways I've ever heard to clinch positioning
1: yeah that was really a bizarre sequence of events actually uh, I had just gotten home and the Mariners were went to the 10th inning so the Mariners on Tuesday had a double header with the Tigers uh, game one went to the 10th inning and the Mariners put in a catcher Larice Torrens, to go in the 10th inning he goes up a run somehow gets out of it. And then the Tigers bring in their closer up six, five Well, give, doesn't get an out Mariners win seven, six, uh, their magic number goes down to one. And then mm. a few minutes later, Tampa Bay, who was losing to the uh, Red Sox six, nothing in a rain delay, they called that game official and that was it. So the Mariners won with the catcher on the mound and the Rays lost the rain shortened game. And that clinched Tampa Bay coming to Cleveland within a matter of like, I don't know, a half hour of each other, not even 20 minutes. It's a very weird sequence of events.
0: It is, and it's listen, that Rays team is is a great team, and I'd be a lot more scared of them. A if they'd set up their pitching better, which we talked about in yesterday's show. You can go check out yesterday's show to hear why I think the Rays kind of fumbled that. But also, if this team was healthy, this is a beat-up Rays team that has definitely stumbled massively down the stretch. Uh, I, this was not something we discussed, which, you know, I'm sure people are like, this comes up a lot. You're a bad co-host, Jeff. And I'm like, I'll own it. But is of these three wildcard teams, Tampa, Seattle, and Toronto, is there one you'd rather face more than the others? I kind of feel like they're all kind of even if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't feel like there's any that I would desperately want to avoid or any that I feel like is are massively weaker, but what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, they all all present their own unique challenges. I did a lot of digging into it today. Actually, I've got an article coming out tomorrow uh, that I was hoping would be the race. So I could run the article. Otherwise I wasted a lot of time doing it for nothing, but yeah, Toronto has a lot of good bats. They've got some decent pitching and the Mariners starting pitching as we've seen is really good. The rays have good starting pitching too. They got two lefties that, you know, Cleveland hasn't had a great season against left-handed pitchers. They've got a deep bullpen, um their offense isn't great like you said they're banged up and uh their defense out of the three their defense is the worst and I think that matters when you're talking about Cleveland because um how much they put the ball in play so defense comes into um the picture when you're talking about matchups so I guess if anybody it was definitely the Rays they're not playing well right now either so you know it it also matters how everybody's going into the postseason too
0: yeah it's even like you know one of their best hitters is is Yandy Diaz like if you just look at runs created plus he leads the team at a 148 wouldn't he look nice in cleveland's lineup but more to the point it's like he's been hurt he barely played in that series against cleveland he's just barely working his way back in uh as a, you know they still have Ezra. Randy A Wander is back in healthy and Paredes has been you know this is people get mad when i pat myself on the back you can go back and find that tweet where i'm like there is a you know a non-zero chance that he has a better season than Meadows. And that certainly is the case uh, just because he's had a strong season in general. We don't even need to get into the Meadows of it. But after that, I mean, this is such a beat up team that, that in some respects it's almost like last year's guardians where not just because they have half of last year's guardians on their roster, you know, Harold Ramirez and the like, but just it's an under the lineup might be the least intimidating of all three Um for the postseason, right? Just based on its current state.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the teams, there was a big article yesterday in SI uh, by Tom Verducci about home runs and how Cleveland is historic making the playoffs, hitting the least amount of home runs besides Detroit. Uh, Tampa Bay only has 11 more home runs than Cleveland, so they don't hit a lot of home runs either. They only managed two hits tonight off of Maito I don't know if that really means anything, but uh, their offenses are a lot more similar uh, I guess, in terms of how they create runs. So if yeah, and, and like you said, Yandi Diaz makes a big difference in that lineup. The rest of the lineup, you know, it lacks a lot of punch. They can do a lot of strange things, I suppose, the way Cleveland does. they they don't strike out. they get they, they, they take walks, they kind of run well. they're They're a very evenly matched uh, couple of teams, I would
0: say. Can uh let's throw some random trivia at you completely again, being a bad host. Guess how many players have double digit home runs on Tampa? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you look this up and know this, but guess how many guys have 10 or more home runs for the Tampa Bay Rays? 10 or more? Yes.
1: Um,
0: it's a relatively low bar, right. I feel.
1: Let's see. One, two, three, four. I'm going to go five. Are we counting Brandon Lau, who is out for the season?
0: Um, yes. Anybody? Yes. It's any- anyone who's played this year. Uh, let's say six then three and G Man <laughs> Choi has. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone, I'm getting away from the mic here for a second. My voice, uh, Randy A's got 20, Paredes has 20, G Man Choi's got 10. Then you have Yandi Diaz with nine, Brendan Lau and Taylor Walls at eight, Christian Betancourt and Kevin Kiermeyer at seven. So, yeah, that's that's the lineup like we get it cleveland on the other side i think is f- maybe the cleveland's got five with double digits i mean for as much as i sit back and say Ahmed rosario doesn't have any power he would have the third most home runs on the raise uh he is tied for so i mean cleveland's got five with double digit home runs so it's not like their lap in the field wow. but it's almost double uh you know if fran Mill had just hit one more when he was here he would be up there but it you know they have a, a definitely a lot of guys who have hit like a few And that's why they have more. But yeah, just three. And I think that's one of those things that, you know, so another fun fact, uh, just because I was researching this before the game, uh, I thought for sure that Jose's double with the way the camera moved was going to go out and be the 30th home run for him this year. If he doesn't hit a home run tomorrow, it's gonna be the first time since 2015. This team hasn't hit 30 home runs, not counting the COVID year, because let's be honest, COVID year doesn't count which is interesting because if you're a deep enough fan, you know, from 2009 to 2016, 2016 being the year where they did have a 30 home run hitter and 2008 being they didn't have one in there. It was like such a bugaboo. Uh, And then Santana and and Napoli being a a right-handed hitter with 30 home runs was even longer. I feel like you had to go back even further. I can't remember that. So it's just to get into the home run side of things in the early going, some fun facts, on both parts uh, with Cleveland's lack of home runs. But yeah, again, as much as people want to be like, Cleveland doesn't hit home runs, 10 is good enough for third. I just want to state that again, because that is, I mean, listen, I know we can't talk about Omar because of all the other stuff, but didn't he at least hit double digit home runs a few times back when we were like, when he was known to be like the no power guy in the lineup. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to see something that low um for a team so yeah I, when i saw that i'm like that's that's just a good you know th- there's a good um you know pub trivia question with your buddies. So you can throw out how many how many people have di- d- double digit home runs for the rays my other co-host apparently wants to make sure that he gets his time on air he is here to contribute uh speaking of co-host times on air why don't we take our first break i know we said we talked about the game but we will uh, we'll talk about the game and we'll talk a little bit about attendance don't and for some people that's such a hot button uh so don't turn off it. we're gonna talk you know the good and the bad of it it'll be fine and then after that part of segment two and into segment three we are going to get into the wonderful world of what we think this postseason roster is going to shape up and look like. Our sponsor as I said at the top of the show is simply safe. And here's what I knew about Simply Safe coming in. They advertise on a lot of podcasts, a lot of podcasts I listen to. I have heard many Simply Safe ads. And to me, that's always one of those things that I feel like you can trust a company when you've heard them for years, right? This isn't a fly by night. This isn't somebody uh, by themselves in their garage offering you home protection. This is a company that's been in business for a very long time. Over 4 million customers have chosen to use. Simply Safe and their cutting edge technology. Fun fact: the house I bought, the house you see around me—if you looked up—there are some Simply Safe things from the previous owner that were here. Still some sensors, and I can tell you, um, while they were not put in well, they are sturdy equipment because a few have fallen off. Not again, due to the soft uh, the hardware, due to the previous owner not being able to use a screwdriver and a hammer. They have fallen. They have stayed intact. It is a solid, steady piece of equipment. It is good equipment. And you should know they have twenty four seven professional monitoring. Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police at the first response of an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. It blankets your home in protection. If you listen to podcast, you'll hear about the story of a guy who burned his pizza rolls, caught his house on fire, simply Sa- and he fell asleep. He didn't call the police. Simply Safe saved his life by detecting the issue, getting help, and making sure that he awoke. They have monitoring experts who use. Pre- pre- Whoa, proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break in is real. So you get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in minutes at simplysafe.com. Locked on, I'm sorry, backslash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com, backslash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So let's actually discuss this game that I teed you up for and then completely derailed our entire podcast. So uh, a win, win 91 for Cleveland, as everyone expected at the start of the year. Uh, You know, it it felt like, you know, offensively for me, the standouts were Miller, you know, Arias, Arias and Rosario but you know just a solid win good bullpen quantrell got the job done that's all he does is he goes out and gets the job done uh what were your thoughts and takeaways on this one getting to to see it in person
1: yeah quantrell was solid really on i mean he just fired strikes he looked pretty good he was 95 i'm not sure i have to go back and see where he was velocity wise most of the year but he was he was looking pretty good early on he was throwing a lot of strikes and uh, got a couple of strikeouts today. What did he end up with? Uh, four strikeouts and five innings. Not a guy that misses a lot of bats, but only four hits looked fantastic. And then they they brought in Plisak and Henches out of the bullpen. Um, Quantra looks like he's ready to to pitch in the postseason. Uh, not that it, you know, this is a, a quirky thing that doesn't actually matter, but he's undefeated at home in, in, in progressive field I since he's always right. Yeah, I, I don't think since he's been traded to Cleveland, he's lost a game at Progressive Field. At I least believe that's as a starter. correct.
0: Oh, I think yeah. you're right. At least not this year. No, yeah. it, it goes back to last year as well, I remember because I remember talking about that stat. So at least as a starter, he has never lost at home. I can confirm yeah. that. And it's interesting after our discussion yesterday, again, make sure to go listen to yesterday's show if you missed it. I mean, this I feel like this basically confirms, please act to the pen, right?
1: Yeah, they they rolled him out of the pen for one inning. He threw what five six pitches. What do you end up with? Uh, yeah, he threw where is it six pitches, five strikes, got out of it pretty easily. I would assume mm-hmm. Savali starts Wednesday and mm-hmm. he may hold him for ALDS game one. And at least yeah. that goes to the pen as your extra option.
0: Uh, should we talk about 99? That's that's gonna be one of the weirdest innings I've seen all year. That gets his now, you know, he's. Listen, people get really mad. 99 is a lightning rod. People feel like I don't respect him enough. I have gotten <laughs> there's negative iTunes reviews, iTunes reviews for that. He has been amazing, but I think it's also interesting. You know, we talked about the Trevor Steffen and some of the issues. I mean, you you go and you look at ninety-nine, that ERA on September sixth was barely over one. Now barely over two is good. That's where he is now, but he's actually seen a kind of a steady rise over the past, you know, month or so, where he's, you know, he's still awesome, excellent, amazing, but it's not been quite as slammed the door for him as it was at first. At least that was my feeling. And again, it was a weird inning, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had the, the single, a ball hit back to him, which he, he fielded just fine but that got a runner to second base. He threw a wild, two wild pitches in a, in a row. Yeah. And remember he also had Bo Naylor catching him for the, not the first time. Cause yeah. Bo Naylor caught him. I think when, or you he know was, what, when James was rehabbing uh, in triple a, after his spring training injury, Naylor might've still been in Akron. I'd hit the double check, but I think he um, was, there's a chance I think, that this was, he was in double a still. I believe so. Yeah. So this might've been the first time Bo Naylor has ever caught James Karen Shaq. So that, that kind of factors in here. Not that, The wild pitches were on Mailer because, you know, Garen Jack threw the ball, but he still got two strikeouts. I guess the only thing you really look at is um, he was down a half a mile with the fastball again. He was averaging 94, uh, got up to 95. That's a little unusual for him, but uh, didn't get any swings and miss on the curveball. He got three swings and miss on the fastball. Um, It's been a weird end of the season for him, but um, still feel good. He misses bats.
0: Yeah, no, and, you know, Class A, it's interesting because one could argue he doesn't miss that many bats, but he missed two in this one, but, uh, you know, he's, he's another one. I know people will probably be like, well, you should talk, you know, it, Stefan, Class A, and uh, 99 have all kind of seen some statistical rising to a degree, just in terms of some stuff. Now, again, I mean, Class A, I think, is still the best reliever in baseball. I'm not going to – I wonder, too, in this game, how much of this was, like – how much do they still, like, I'm not saying that they don't care. And, and, you know, the class A's was unearned, but like, is there a degree you think when you're facing the Kansas city Royals and I laugh because the Royals have been really bad. So bad that when I was looking up stats for like, who has been the worst hitter in baseball this year in terms of runs created plus it's Nikki Lopez of the Royals. Like this is a bad team we're facing. Do you think there's any degree with those two guys at the back of the pen, just taking their foot off the gas a little here? I mean, I hope not. I hope that's not the case. I, I will say, not not even the relievers,
1: but just through the first couple innings, the energy did look kind of low, and I started to think about, you know, if they are going to have to flip a switch come Friday, and that's not what you want to do. I think you want to make sure you're, you know, ready to fire on all cylinders right away. I don't know. I think I think this had weird innings. Like, uh, you know, throwing air by Jimenez in the ninth inning I don't think Class A did he even allow a ball out of the out of the infield. Okay, he had the single to pass Quintino. Um and that was it. Everything else was kind of on the infields, yeah. and he had two strikeouts. So yeah, I, I, you know, if 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 Jimenez doesn't make that error, the game's probably over before that anyway. And I yeah, he only threw 15 pitches. I'm not too worried about it. I just I think you just hope that. Now that today is over, maybe you can get them some rest tomorrow and then rest Thursday so they have two days off before the start of the, the three-game series. That's kind of my, where my head's at right now with them.
0: And then, you know, just, oh, I completely had my point, my thought, and then just escaped my head, which can happen. Uh, I swear I had a point. Um, But with just kind of the overall, when you're looking at the game like this one, Oh, now I remember my point. Sorry. I got to go. I did find the humor in Quan going over four with the strikeout in class. A, giving up a run unearned the day after both were announced for a rookie of the month and a reliever of the month. (laughs) award. Like it felt like perfect timing in this game. Again, uh, I know there'll be people saying all the negatives. So let's talk about the positives. Um, Rosario is going to probably, I mean, it's going to be, he's got it locked, right? He's going to lead this team in hits. He has had a very Ahmed Rosario season with the ups and downs. He's the guy who's more than the sum of his parts, though, and definitely means more to the team than probably we can just quantify. Jose's double, I really thought was going out. Owen Miller, I was, were you a little surprised it was only the sixth home run? He's got so many doubles. I thought he'd have more than six home runs this year.
1: I mean, he's had some stretches this year where he's gone homerless for a while, so not surprised. And I think, also, think Jose's ball would have been a home run on a warmer night. Uh, not yeah. that that's happening this weekend, but it, well, it probably would have been.
0: And then, uh, you know, with Gabriel, like, he had one of the two walks. He had his first major league double. I I know he's hitting 191 with a 640 OPS, but, you know, looking at the big picture with him, don't you – I think I talked about this yesterday. Maybe it's just me having too much um, bias, having previously liked the profile. But do you think specifically this time around he seems just more comfortable and we're seeing a better performance? I, I don't think that's – uh, debatable I mean the first two were so bad that it's just nice to see him look comfortable even if the defense has been a little uncomfortable
1: yeah the at-bats have been have been good I don't think he's had too many bad at-bats this this stint around especially as he's playing more definitely would like to see him stop trying to throw the ball uh the way he has He almost <laughs> defensively he almost looks like a, a quarterback who knows he has this great arm and just wants to fit throws in the tight windows and he keeps making weird throws Uh, You hope he has that out of his system for the playoffs if he's even playing. But um, no, the at-bats have looked really good. I think he's looked much more comfortable the more playing time he gets. He looks more like we expected.
0: So speaking of postseason, we'll get into that in a second here. But let's – okay, so one of the big dog-whistly things to me is discussion of the postseason. And it was heavy today because the Guardians aren't sold out. Now, at the same time, I do want to point out that those seats are nosebleeds that cost you 83 bucks, which after Ticketmaster gets their cut and everything else is probably going to cost you 100 plus on what is going to be a not necessarily grand weather weekend. And, you know, these are people will tell me excuses, but I think the bigger story here is like we're almost 48 hours out from Friday as we're recording this, and no one knows what time that game is. I'm a teacher in my day job. There's a such a bad sub shortage. I would feel like a jerk if I skipped a game, skipped a day of work to go to a one o'clock game, which could be Friday's game. And by the way, if I buy a ticket and it turns out to be for a game I can't go to, well, there's no, I can't exchange it. The way things work, you're just stuck with that ticket. I think that's part of what's contributing to it. I think there's a lot of factors going on. Uh, I know people want to make this just about the name and yeah, they're, they probably, let's be honest, if there hadn't been a name change, it probably would be sold out because there's probably there's like under 500 tickets left. It's not like we're talking that half the stadium is going to be filled. It's like the bad seats left, but you know, there might be about three to 400 people who are so mad they're refusing to come. And that might've been enough, but I think it's a little overblown when people are just like, it's all about the name. I think, I think we have about 12 different factors that could be. And yeah, the name was a little divisive, but I don't think it's, it's the, the main number one thing here i think a lot of it is the who knows what time that game is going to be
1: if you if people really want to argue it's the name then they, they, they've lost kind of the argument already because the cleave the guardians attendance is up this year from last season and, and i'm sure a lot of that has to do with how good the team has been uh if the if the name was an issue why wouldn't the attendance be down from 2021 and that's also with the fact that Okay, I guess maybe this is the other side of it. It was 2021. Remember, there was
0: like the COVID at the start of the year.
1: year. It's, uh, yeah. Okay, still, either way.
0: But you look at 2021, um, you know, that was a team. Yes, the Lindor deal had happened, but they still had a lot of this. this year was more the rebuild year, in my opinion. Like maybe I'm wrong, but like looking at this year at the start of the year, like this was a full on rebuild. They didn't, and they didn't do anything in free agency. Like, I mean, I sat here kind of dreading, like after the Austin Meadows trade happened, like I sat there dreading it because I was like, I'm just going to have so much vitriol. And listen, I mean, the best move they made was not trading and letting Stephen Kwan play, but we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know about the young players. And we have a weird season. A lot of people with the name, like we have to be honest, like that did affect some people. I don't think it affected as many as people want to make it out to be, but I think it is a loud vocal group that's unhappy then there was the lockout which cut off another set of fans and then there was complete inaction so i'd be curious to see like month by month data like unfortunately you look at data it's just like totals and cleveland is like if they're not bottom five they're just outside of it but you know ownership that refuses to spend all those things combined i think affect the overall attendance numbers but i think specifically for this postseason it's we're not, we're not talking about, you know, a thousand seats available. We're talking about 500 in the five hundreds in some of the highest seats when we don't know. And yes, Saturday is a, we don't know either, but it's Saturday's going to sell out. Like it, it just, it's a little bit slower, but it's going to get there. It has much better data. Friday's just hard. Again, like I said, as a teacher, I would, I would go to these games. If I still lived in, in Cleveland, except for I wouldn't go to Fridays because I can't leave my kids in the lurch and there are people who have jobs who can't get out. I know there are people out there like, Oh, skip work. Not every job can you do that for. And I think there's a little bit of disingenuineness uh, that people want to make this point A, B or C. Let's be honest. There is many re there is, there are many reasons that people have been mad And yes, the name change is one. The money is one. The lockout is one. We have about 15 factors that are limiting. And I think right now, once they finally announce when this game is going to be, if it's not a one o'clock game, I I guarantee it sells out.
1: If it makes you feel any better, anybody any better, Saturday has less tickets available than Friday, which tells you, you know, about people's schedules and availability for this. And also, not that I want to, you know, off the rails here, you said the Guardians did nothing in free agency and we just spent a segment yesterday talking about the benefits of Brian Shaw. So that was, he just reversed everything we talked about yesterday. Way to go.
0: And, and, you know, and Yale really worked out as well. Like, I mean, he was, he was literally the only player they added before the lockout. That was it. And I, I think I devoted You know, if I'm going to pat myself on the back for the, the Meadows trade, I devoted maybe 60 seconds to him after he was signed because I mean, I, I didn't have expectations, but you know, when you talk about like, we talked about kind of off mic about the idea of, you know, what this team does well and their advantages. And we're not going to get into too much today. One of the other hot button things was this idea of would have been better for the guardians to have done a full rebuild at one point. And we're going to save that as a discussion for later. But one of those things is like, this team has always done a superb job of knowing what teams don't do things well. Right, like they went out and added all that pitching from San Diego because San Diego was a black hole of pitching development. Adding Trevor Steffen from the Yankees. Look at the Yankees' history of pitching development before Matt Blake. (laughs) Matt Blake is done with Nestor Cortez. Like, and remember, Matt Blake came from Cleveland. Look at Philly's pitching development. Look at Philly's prospect development. Uh, Yeah, they're in the postseason, but they bottomed out for a few years there and have almost nothing to show from bottoming out
1: one thing they don't do well is trade with the race. That's the one area yeah. they struggle with is making trade with Tampa Bay. That's other, everything else. they have kind of got figured no, out. They, they, they the but
0: which is, I mean, pretty much everyone that's, that's the uniform rule, right? Like the, the rays seem to just black magic, everyone. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I feel like, I guess I just get annoyed with this attendance thing. Cause it feels like, like I said, very dog whistly. It's people who have a narrative point of view. They want to push. And I think the bigger issue is like, the, the one consistent issue I've had all year, which is MLB, get your act together. Like you can't market your stars. You can't figure out how to make this fun uh, when it's like, you know, I go and watch like with last year when the Korean baseball championship happened and they gave like a giant like video game-esque sword and people are running around the field with it. Like do something big and entertaining. Stop making it so bat flips get balls thrown at people's heads and maybe give fans more than 48 hours notice of when a playoff game is going to happen. Cause like that's ridiculous. Like you shouldn't be mad at anyone other than Major League Baseball right now because they're, they're hosing their fans. Like that is to me the view. Like you giving this little notice is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I mean, with everything coming down to the last, uh, I guess not the last day, everything's clinched as of now. Uh, But with everything coming down to the last possible, moment the day before i don't know what else you can really do
0: i mean if Um, you just kind of know like you know it's going to be cleveland's going to host and toronto's going to host like who cares beyond that like just set a date and time and move on like if you're going to give one a day game give the day game like I, i just think you can you have to sometimes not put people in the lurch let's oh we are running low on time let's take a break here um you know end our our discussion with this come back and talk some postseason hitting on today's lockdown guardians. Okay. Let's get into hitters. So let's just talk about like, do you want to start with the starters or do you want to start with the bench crew? We said 14 is probably going to be the number, right?
1: Yeah. That's what it sounded like there day was the balance would be 14 hitters and, and 12 pitchers. Uh, Starters, I think, are pretty much set in stone. It's just gonna depend on how they decide to platoon.
0: So let's see, should
1: we catcher? Well, you know, you know Bo Naylor and Luke Maile are on the bench. That's I think I well, we're not I guess we shouldn't say we're sure it's gonna be Bo Naylor, but I think all signs are pointing that way.
0: Yeah, it does seem like they're gonna take three, and then even if we don't see Naylor as like a I wouldn't be shocked, let's put it this way, if Naylor is m- mostly used in the Ernie Clement uh ceremonial pinch runner role. Because one of the things Tito talked about with Naylor, I felt like when he came up, was specifically his ability to run. Uh I just I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing him used more in that role just because yeah, We know Tito loves his grizzled vets and specifically behind the mound. And I wonder if any part of today with those wild pitches, which, again, are not on the catcher, but if that's going to stick in in Tito's mind at all. I wonder if I, I just I wonder if we're going to actually do you think we'll see Naylor start a game? In the postseason? Yeah.
1: No, no, I, I don't think even Luke Bailey will start a game. I think no. every game will be unless it's like a, you know, I guess that they play a night game and the next day, there's no day off in a day game. I suppose they might start mainly the next day, but that's about the only thing I could think of.
0: No, it certainly feels, I agree. The Naylor is there as kind of an emergency catcher slash pitch runner. And I, like I said, it's weird to say your third string catcher is a pitch runner, but I think they might consider him in that role late in games. Uh, Moving to first base. You know, do we, we think this is just Naylor all day, every day. Do we think it's going to be that Naylor Miller platoon? How do you think this one plays out?
1: And like I said the other day, I just have a feeling we saw it tonight. I th- I had to look at the lineups for the whole weekend, but I think what T- or Kansas City just threw three left-handers in the series. Mm-hmm. They had Chris Bubich and uh Daniel Lynch, Lynch. who was the other left-hander. Was, was there a third um, starter? And that's, no, because they had Grinky and I forget who else. Either way. Grinky
0: and uh, Singer, right?
1: Yeah, those guys are all righties. Okay, so just yeah. Lynch and Bubich. But Miller started at first base in both those games, so – I would almost be. He had a, he had a that-
0: home run off the lefty tonight. You know, this just to give him his due. He, did hit, the, he did hit the home run off the lefty. So that probably seals it. It's listen, mo- neither of them are good versus lefties. Let's just be honest. Naylor probably needs a real platoon uh, buddy. And I was kind of curious because I talked about Nicky Lopez as a 56 runs created plus. That's the worst in baseball with a minimum 400 plate appearances. Tied for 24th worst, a win Miller. I <laughs> think that's where he is. He's been bottom 25 uh, in all of baseball now you know there's some names on that last jared walsh was someone i was a fan of this offseason robbie grossman cody bellinger down there again you know no rebound for him this year uh trent grisham fran Mill reyes uh, miles straw is still fifth from the bottom even with his improvements but yeah it's uh tampa also has one taylor walls is sixth so taylor walls is there. miles straw um but yeah, it's uh it's a weird list. But yeah, I I would love to, love to see some form of improvement. Personally, I think you and I both agree. We'd rather see Brennan out there with a Gonzalez DH on those yeah. days with Naylor at first and Miller just out of the lineup. I don't think we see it, but uh could be. So second base, uh you know, do we even do we even need to talk about second and third in short, or should we just move on? Like no, I I think the only thing up in the air
1: is whether or not um, Naylor will officially be on the roster and Willow and Miller start against left-handers. That's the only yeah. thing I think up in the air. Otherwise, you're set. You know, Will Brennan's going to be in right field against righties, and uh, Oscar will DH, and the lineup will be the lineup. I think everything's set in stone. Maybe do you will think Benson's spot?
0: So do you think against righties, we will see that that it will that they will kind of stick with what we've recently seen, like. But... And then I guess I can't, the fu-
1: I can't imagine that would deviate. No. Okay.
0: And if you were running things, would you just have Brennan every day is the right fielder and Oscar every day, DH and Naylor every day, first baseman.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for wins on the fringes, I think so because Brennan's the better defender. He's a better base runner than, than Owen Miller. All the things that they need to do to win the series is run the bases and they need to play good defense and that's what Brennan gives you in the lineup. Owen Miller doesn't give you any of those things, even, you know, platoon or not.
0: No, I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> Maybe it makes the podcast not as fun. Maybe I should sit here being like, no, you need to stick I, with your left hand or your right-handed bat against lefties because magic. Um, Because obviously the numbers don't speak to that. So your only answer is magic. Honestly, uh, it does feel like, I guess, we, we, you know, as Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw. we kind of, we've basically gone through it. So if we assume, you know, the the typical 10 starters, 10 starters, that's not right. Is it nine, nine. starters? <laughs> uh, it was a rough day at work. I'm just going to put it that way. Uh, had some, there. We had uh, some, n- I'm not going to not say I got smacked today, but we'll just leave it there. Um, we assume two catchers. that gets us again that gets us up to 11 players so who are our final owen miller we've already discussed will okay so if we i'm just trying to think so if we count owen miller slash will Brennan is essentially one because the way the dh plays out so one bench spot between two guys because one of them is also a starter does that make sense Like if we assume Miller's – if we assume Brennan's a starter then Miller's the bench bat, if we assume Miller's a starter bench bat. So that gets us up to 12. So those final two, are we thinking it's just who's with the team right now? Is it – is it Gabriel and is it Bo?
1: Yeah, and Will Will Benson, I think. And Will Benson. Because that'll be your extra outfielder slash pinch runner.
0: Okay, so that – do they have they on? have
1: 14 position players right now i think now. yeah you have they'll they'll drop savali and they'll drop mccarty for the postseason roster and that'll okay. get you down to 26 that would be so there we one, go i guess so they're just gonna
0: you think they're gonna run with what they have and
1: yeah unless i mean unless gabriel aris like wild throws the last couple of days scared them enough to bring tyler freeman back i don't think so i think in a in a pinch, and like I said yesterday, if Gabriel Arias is playing any, if he's playing in any game then during the postseason, that probably means something didn't go good or someone's hurt. Um, but he at least can offer you emergency at first base and emergency in the outfield if you absolutely need it. Whereas you don't have that from Freeman, and, you, and if you feel like Arias is the better defender despite his uh, throwing issues,
0: there have been two players to play every single game in the last seven days, and it's it's Gabriel and Oscar. So, I mean, I feel like the fact they're trying to get him that many reps is kind of interesting, at least from the perspective of, like, it certainly seems like they're trying to ramp him up to play. And, you know, he's played every single spot in the infield in the last week. So it's like they're trying to make him the super utility going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at
1: first base on Wednesday.
0: Nor would I. Yeah. Because that was, you know, when Will Benson got caught up, there was some thought that, you know, he had spent some time at first and maybe he could eventually be in that role. But, I mean, he he's essentially, let's be honest, Benson is super defense and pinch run, and I would be kind of surprised if he gets an at-bat in the postseason.
1: Yeah, not unless they're up big or down big. Yeah, And if you're down big, you still don't do that. So I think they have to be up big for him to do that.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's certainly going to be interesting to watch. Uh, we'll have you know our shows as usual tomorrow. We will finish off the season. Uh, it's weird to say that. Uh, you know, normally it's like, oh, the season's done, but it's kind of a fun position, just in terms of postseason right around the corner. So we will be ready to reload, lock in, and go from there. I've been Jeff Ellis uh, on behalf of my co-host Justin Lada. and I wanna thank you all for listening, rating, and reviewing, downloading daily. It helps. We're at 693 subscribers on YouTube. So if you've not subscribed, please go subscribe. Getting us to 1,000 would be huge, 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 huge. Let's make it a postseason gift for this free show. Go subscribe if you have not. And how I've ended every show and will continue to end, go, go, Guardians, go.